theCUBE. It's Monday morning, March 4th. I hope you're having a great start to your week and that you enjoyed your weekend. I'm actually setting up a studio here in my house. If you've listened to the podcast uh, at length, I think we're probably around episode 85 or, or more. It's actually going pretty well. I appreciate everybody's support and help and uh, the sharing and everything that people have done to continue to help us with our podcast. Lining up guests seems to be much easier these days. And uh, that's because people are listening, uh, people are giving feedback, people are liking and sharing and responding to the podcast. So I really appreciate that. It has been a lot of fun doing this podcast and, uh, and I, it all goes out to you and the, and the help that you've given us. So well, I wanted to get going. We're getting a little bit of a late start today on this Monday, but I wanted to make sure to get one out as quickly as I can, as, as many know that do listen to the podcast. It's kind of hit and miss uh, with some regularity. We try to get them out uh, in the mornings on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, around 5 a.m. It's definitely a later start today on this Monday. But I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you've had at least half of your Monday going well, as it's gone well for me and uh, some of the responsibilities that I have with clients and, and our company. Uh, but again, thanks again. Uh, as you roll into your Monday, here's what I would like for you to think about. I uh, had some conversations. I had an amazing weekend. I uh, got to relax a little bit, did not have a lot of basketball. For those that listen, know that um, my family and I would do a lot of basketball on weekends. And typically, our weekends are reserved for basketball with our children. But uh, as this winter session is winding down, there is less basketball going on, less practices, less workouts, and less games. So we actually only had one game this weekend. And I'm actually coming up with a different strategy with my children and how to coach them and try to get the most out of them. So we'll see. Uh, the jury's still out on if that strategy works or not. But it was a great weekend. Was able to spend some time with uh, some people that uh, really lift me up and uh, lift my children up and, and all that. So it was a lot of fun this weekend. But I did hear this this weekend. I uh, was visiting with somebody this weekend about what they're doing professionally and um, some of the uh, frustrations and anxieties and stresses and communication gaps and and everything that goes along with that and listen to this and don't know the depths or the details that really go along with with this scenario that this person's dealing with but I, I listened and you know and some things really hit me with this conversation that I'm going to get into here a little bit but what really hit me uh, were two two main things and. I don't know how this intersects you, and I don't know if I have a great answer or strategy to it, but again, I don't move forward with this podcast suggesting that I have answers. Uh, I move forward with this to, I guess, put out the questions for you to consider as you drive to work or as you work with your teams or as these scenarios you encounter with your company, your teams, and your clients and customers for you to just consider, uh, for you to consider strategies and maybe think about things uh, that, I'm, that I might say or we might say with our, with our podcast. But this was what was said. Two things struck me. The first one was I was with this person either Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, one of the two days, right? There's only two days in a weekend. So it was one of those, but it was, we were talking, it was probably yesterday. Uh, and she said, that uh, she was starting to feel the anxiety. I'm not going to get her wording exactly correct, but she was starting to think about the anxiety that was coming along with work on a Monday. 
and everything that she was going to have to deal with, communicate with, the anxiety, the frustrations, whatever it might be with having to be at work on Monday. And that struck me because if you've listened to the podcast, we've talked a fair amount about uh, enjoying, you know, enjoying your job so much that you, that you live for that Monday morning, that you get so much joy and appreciation and uh, release maybe from actually going to work on a Monday and looking forward to that. And maybe even on a, maybe it's a Saturday where you're up early before your family gets up and you open your, you open your computer up and get an hour or two work of, worth of work in on a Saturday morning just because you enjoy it so much. You know, and I understand this work-life balance, but here's a Tony Robbins thing I've learned uh, in the past couple of weeks. It's not work-life balance. It's work-life integration. Enjoying your job so much, what you do and how you produce and the value you bring and the feedback you receive and the appreciation uh, that, that, that comes back on you and the gratitude that you get from your clients or your boss um, or the people you work with that you just, in, and that you're growing. Right. Uh, one of the things I'm really on right now and listening to a lot of a gentleman named David Goggins, if you've listened to my podcast for the past week or so, I am really on a David Goggins kick. And, you know, and he's really talking a lot about, you know, the kind of the, the work life balance and it being appreciated and 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 really enjoying your work. Um, and so I hope that you kind of are at that point where it's that it's just what you do and that you are so fulfilled with your work that it's okay to open up your uh, open up your laptop on a Saturday morning with a cup of coffee and get some work done because you appreciate it so much. And I hope that you all have jobs like that. I hope that you all have careers like that. So then you can start talking about careers versus jobs. And uh, excuse me while I pull out my, my pen here, because I want to make sure to write some of this stuff down as I talk about it. But it is this, uh, this attitude of careers versus jobs, right? And, um, I, and I think that's something to really think about and consider. So this person was not looking forward to Monday morning. And what the and the stresses that came with that. And here's the deal. And and I don't know how this intersects you, and how you think about this. And but this is what I took away from this. That there's always going to be parts of our job and our career, I guess, that are frustrating. And this 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 person was sitting around talking about how she really needs to work sixty hours a week to feel caught up to feel like there's a zero inbox, that she's got everything done, that she's not getting crushed, that the stress is relieved, that, that she's doing everything she can, right? And she thinks that mark is at 60 hours. And she has also said that she has worked 70 hours, 75 hours on occasion. And we talked a lot about that. And I understand that that has to happen on occasion. But it wasn't so much me thinking about and counseling her or having any sort of feedback or response to her working 60 hours or 70 hours. My thinking really brought back to the leadership and how you are as a leader. So if you find yourself working that many hours, I would say this. I hope you enjoy, I hope you enjoy what you're doing. I hope that you are getting 
the appreciation and that you are fulfilled and that you are, uh, that there's a sense of gratitude and, and that you receive the appreciation that goes along with that. It would suck. It would just absolutely suck to work that many hours and work and grind yourself so hard. One, at a job that maybe or doing things or on a project or working for a client where you don't enjoy it to the level you need to enjoy it. If you're working that many hours and your, uh, your scale of appreciation or value or fulfillment, let's call it that. If you're working that many hours and your fulfillment level is below a five, then I think you need to reevaluate. I really think you need to reevaluate. If you have a job where you're working 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week, but your fulfillment is at an eight or above, now you've got it. Now, now here's the thing I would think, and everything that I'm learning and, uh, and, and kind of consuming, I would say that you are right on your passion, and hopefully that passion, you are being able to exploit your gift. So your fulfillment quotient needs, your fulfillment grade or rating needs to be somewhere above eight. And then you also need to be feel that is your, and that you are following your passion and that you are exploiting your gift. That's the best way I can kind of think about it. But if you are below a five and work in those hours, I, then I think you need to reevaluate because I think that trickles down to everything else in your life, your, your spouse, your friends, your community, your children, all of that. Because if you, your fulfillment rating is a three and I'm grinding 65 hours, then I know, I know that, that I know without question that my stress, my anxiety, my fuse is short. And if I have a short fuse, I know how that trickles down to other frustrations in my life of my children, you know, significant other, my friends, my community, getting things done outside of work. Like, what's that look like? If I'm working 65 hours a week and totally fulfilled and I, then I get to, you know, then I'm just totally fulfilled. And then I get to go spend time with a significant other or your spouse and, or your children, or you get to work on your house or you get to go out and, you know, do some sort of entertainment where that is equally fulfilling, then I think you just have this amazing life that you're able to give back and uh, enjoy every aspect of your life. But if, that, but if that rating is below a five and say it's at a three where you're not fulfilled, then man, your, your fuse, your stress, your anxiety, your, you know, your fulfillment is just so low and then it trickles down to every other aspect of your life. So that's, that's on a very high level. I don't have any great strategies for this. I understand work has to get done and I understand you report to someone and I understand there's expectations and deadlines and things that have to be fulfilled. And maybe you're driven by, you know, sales and that you have to get certain, you know, certain quotas. I get all that. And so you grind and so you're unfulfilled. But let me also say this then, this is me. And I'm not suggesting this is anybody, everybody, but I am suggesting for you to consider this. 
I am asking you to consider that if you are a leader, you are the one that is out in front of the team. You are the one that the team takes direction from. You are the one that everybody is looking to for answers and for the, the work items and, you know, everything. If you have people underneath you that are working that many hours and that are grinding that much and that have some level of anxiety or frustration and are unfulfilled, then I think you need to look at yourself and the expectations you are setting. Because here's what I would consider. Here's what I would think about. I would start like this. My people that report underneath me, I'm not going to expect them to work more than 40 hours. I would kind of start there. I'm not saying that's always going to happen, but I would start there. I'm not going to expect you to work over 40 hours. I want your family, your off time to be your time. I want them to understand that. And, I, and, and if they have to, with consistency, then I would look at myself and say, how organized am I? How am I breaking down work? How am I distributing work? How do I have them thinking about work? What expectations am I setting? How am I handling them working 60, 70 hours a week? Do they think I expect that? Do they think that if they don't, that they're not gonna, that they're gonna be repercussions from me? Right, here's, and then if I can't do that, if I cannot sit back with my team and set the expectation that they don't have to work that many hours, then I'm not doing a good job of distributing workout, setting expectations, but I'll tell you what I'm also not good at. I'm probably not good at saying no. If that work is coming to me, it is up to me to make sure my team has the best uh, culture, atmosphere, togetherness, camaraderie, uh, that they're able to to get work done in a high effective manner, that they're efficient and effective and valuable and appreciated, like all those little buzzwords we've used. That would be my thing, right? If I were running a team, when we run our teams, when we consult and when we get with executives, I start with that. I start with the happiness of your team. And I would make sure that everybody is growing that they feel appreciated, that they feel valued, that they understand that their work matters and that I'm doing everything I can to understand their goals, where they're at, what they're reaching for and how they can grow. Okay, I would really start there. That's me. Then all this work is essentially coming down on me from somewhere. Right? And it's coming down on me. George, you got to get all the, you got to have this project done by this date. And you've got your team of whatever, developers, PMs, QA, testing, like whatever it is, right? You've got these salespeople, like we've got to sell this stuff. And then I would sit back as a leader and I would, before I even distribute work, I'd be sitting back saying, how reasonable are these expectations for my team? If I take this on, if I am so wrapped up in what I'm able to deliver and my bonus and the products we can build and whatever it is, and it is unrealistic for me to think that my team can execute that, then I think I have to learn how to say no. I think I've got to learn how to prioritize. I think I need to reestablish 
my, what my expectations are for my team and the values for our team. So we've had a number of guests on this podcast where we sit around and talk about values and we're getting more into values and what that means. Really, if work-life balance and family are your values as a company, which it is for a lot of companies we work with, then you lead with that. Then you lead with, hey, I understand that you've been, you know, I look at the timesheets, right? Do you look at the timesheets? Man, that person has been working. Now, it's, it's a totally different thing. If you look at a timesheet and you realize that somebody is working 60 hours and you go visit with them, you say, hey, man, you know, I've noticed that the past three weeks, you've been putting in a lot of time. First, I want you to understand one thing. I really appreciate it. We, we as a team recognize what you're doing and we appreciate it. And we understand that you're making us a lot better by doing that. But I also want you to understand you don't have to. And I hope that the project, the sales, the customer, the client, that that is threaded with your passion and goals and the growth that you have for yourself. Because if it's not, you don't need to do those hours. We're okay. You tell me what is taking so long that, you, that, uh, that is taking so much of your time and we'll figure out how to distribute that out. Because you don't need to do it. But, man, if you're, if you're geeking out, if you're grinding and you love it and you get up at four in the morning and you're still grinding at nine o'clock at night and you love it, hey, let's figure out how we can support you and get you, get you what you need. Like if you're into it, you're into it. And I'm not going to take that away from you. But I also want you to know you don't have to. Now, if you feel that there's pressure on you and expectation on you, then I'm not doing my job as a leader. I don't know how to say no. And you're getting too much work. And I've got to be able to say no, and I'm going to protect you. Here's what's great about, there's a CTO here in town that I really admire and look up to. Not going to give his name or his company or any of that. And he said to me one day, my job is to protect my team. Because this is a hard place. This is a hard place where there's a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation. And if I didn't shield or protect my team, this would be a disaster. And that's my job. That is the, and it's not the best job in the world doing that, like having that mindset or having that environment or culture where you have to be there where it's just maybe so toxic that you've got to sit back and say, you know what my job has become? Protecting and shielding my team. Because you know what? I believe in my team. I love my team. My team can perform and execute and they can deliver. And because they've shown that, because they're not knuckleheads, because they're loyal to me and I'm loyal to them, my job is to protect them. And so if I get hammered on with expectations from above or from somewhere else, my job is to sit back and say no sometimes. Yeah, I get it that you want this, but you know what? Last week you wanted that. And that is what we're focused on. And it's almost done. And I'm not going to go to my team and now expect them to work 70 hours to get something else done. Now, I get that's easier said than done. I understand that. I'm just giving you things to consider. How much do you consider that as part of your team? Because the, the, the people that I talk with, and it's not just one person, one conversation, but people hate the Mondays. People hate Mondays going in and having to deal with 
the stress of everybody working so hard to get all this stuff done. And I'm just sitting around saying, man, I would do everything I could as a leader. And if that means me as a leader, like you got to fall on your sword and you got to sit there and say, Hey, I'm going to do, Hey, I will stay late. I will do this, or I will stay with you and we'll make sure this is done. Or let's get together on a Saturday morning and come up with this, like whatever it is. Right. I get it. But I want you to know I'm there with you. And I want you to know that I don't think it's acceptable and I'm doing what I can to help you. And I appreciate what you're doing. I've always said, you know, that, you know, certain jobs and certain positions and certain, um, you know, place or certain levels of coaching in particular, if you're thinking athletics, you got to be the most organized. If you're not the most organized, if you don't communicate the best, if you don't survey the landscape and culture of your team and company and organization, if you don't have a pulse on your team, then that's where all these anxieties, frustrations, and stress will eventually come from. That you need to have the entire landscape painted and at the front of your mind where you can sit there and say, man, Joe, I get it, man. This all came down on you and I've noticed that you've been working 65 hour weeks, right? And I know you've got X, Y, and Z going on with your family. You know what you need to do? Your son's got dance assembly on, you know, my kids just had this, my, you know, a dance assembly at school. Man, you need to be there. Like, don't worry about this right now. You need to unplug, go be with your family, go do X, Y, and Z, be present. Don't worry about this because I know you're grinding. And I know that you care. And I know you're trying to deliver. But you, I also know that you're doing X, Y, and Z. And you need to take a breath. Right? So, I mean, that, that was on my mind this week just because of some conversations and just really listening to some people and really sitting there going, man, you know, I, th I wish we could all get excited about Monday. I wish it could be Sunday at 1 o'clock. And sitting around saying, man, I'm really looking forward to this week. This week, this Monday, this sixth, wait, is that right? Five weeks left in this quarter. This seventh week of this quarter. I'm super excited about it, man. We got five more weeks to knock things out this quarter. We got five more weeks where we can deliver for a client. We got five more weeks where we get to problem solve and grow and develop. We got five more weeks in this quarter where we get to be together every day for essentially, you know, 10 hours a day, maybe 50 hours. I'm excited about this Monday, right? And if you're in athletics and you know, and you're grinding out, you know, I hope it intersects your passions and your gifts and that you're treated fairly. You know, I heard a story this week about uh, uh, somebody I know in coaching that just got out of it. You know, coaching is just, you know, college coaching at the college level, and it was just too much. The hours were too much. Here's the thing, and, I, and just respect of thinking about that, and it is professionally, but if you're listening and you're a college coach, and I know people do, uh, uh, people listen to this podcast that are college coaches. You know, I, somebody said this, if you can't get it done in eight hours, you're not very good at it. And it was an old school coach and I kind of get it. And it's kind of tongue in cheek because I understand that college coaches at that level, listen, if you're sitting there grinding 70 hours, 60 hours a week, you have no idea what college coaches go through. 
you know, if you're, if you're just working professionally in sales or whatever it is, I get it. We all work hard. We all work hard. We all put in long hours. I get it. But man, college coaching, up at five, home at 10, the whole season, maybe you get a break, then recruiting starts, then your camp start, recruiting never ends, right? Strategy, preseason, academics, like it never ends. Like, you know, you're doing it. And I'm just sitting there and heard this story this past week about someone that just got out of it, kind of mid-season. So here's the thing that I would think about with that. I don't think people mind long hours if it's their passion and if, it's, and if they're utilizing their gift. So um, Steve Harvey, today, you know, the, uh, the family feud and US, uh, you know, the USA pageant, whatever it is, right? He said, you know, I'm not too wrapped up in people going after their passions. He goes, I think, and this isn't verbatim, this is how I took it. God has blessed every single one of us with a gift. So we need to pursue our gifts. So rather that you rather look at that as your passion or your gifts or whatever that might be, I'm sitting around thinking, if you are wrapped up in your passions and your gifts, man, that 5 to 10 and 5 a.m. to 10 p.m., I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it because that's your gift. That's your passion. It doesn't seem like work. Like you could sit back and do that for a living for a long time and it's your career and you could sit back at 60 years old and say, and I've heard people say this, I feel like I've never worked a day in my life. I feel like I've never worked a day in my life. Really? You just work from five to nine, five to eight, five to 10, your whole life or your whole career. Yeah. Didn't seem like I was working. It was my gift. It was my passion. I get it. I understand that. But what if you're working that and it's, and I don't care. Listen, and I haven't thought about it this way. And I, I would appreciate any feedback on this. What if it is your gift and passion, but you're not appreciated or valued or nobody seems grateful for the work you're doing? Right? What if you're not supported in that gift, in that passion? What if you have team members that absolutely love what they do for a living and they are willing to go 60, 70 hours a week for you? For you but they're treated in such a way that their passion is just extinguished, exhausted. The flame, is like as, as Jay, Jay, Jason Wells says on our Wednesday, the ignite, right? I got an email this morning from Jason, six in the morning about igniting my passion, igniting my gift. What if somebody doesn't, what if you're grinding it so hard and so passionate about something, but it is continually not ignited as a leader? How long before you just throw your hands up and say, I'm done. I got to find something else. This isn't working for me. And to the point of this, it was like, this was a realization. I didn't know it was going to be like this. I didn't know. And I'm, I'm not putting words in their mouth. And I don't know this person. But this idea of, I just heard the story. But this idea of, man, I'm not, this is, I love this. But man, I'm not valued, appreciated. There's no gratitude towards me for the sacrifices I'm giving. And I'm always made to feel stupid or not. Whatever it is, right? I'm out. Man, that's sad. Right? To put in that amount. Like, if your people are putting in that amount of time, man, I hope that you acknowledge it, appreciate it, are grateful for it, and you wake up every day trying to figure out how to stroke that person. I believe that. 
because that person is really loyal to you. And it might be that thing like, you know, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with rolling in on a Thursday at two o'clock and going up to so-and-so and saying, hey, Joe, you're done, man. Go take the rest of the week off. What you've done, what you've done for the past three or four weeks is amazing. I want you to go home and be with your family two o'clock on a Tuesday. And you know what? Don't even, don't even show up tomorrow. Like I'll take it. Right. I don't know how your company works and how people are paid or whatever it is, but you always start with the people, right? Hey, I'll eat it tomorrow. Don't hey, Don't take a vacation day. However you kind of report the time. I just want you to know how much we, we, the team appreciate everything you've done. Like, and you don't need to be doing this. But I'm in the middle. But I'm in the middle of something. Eh, cool. Get to a stopping point in the next thirty minutes. Right? What would what would be wrong with this? Hey, you know what? Here's a gift card. I know where I know where you and your wife like to eat. Here it is. Go to Chili's. Right? Go to Chili's and get the chicken queso. Get the queso dip with crackers and chips, and take your wife out. Go out. It's on me. You have no idea how much I appreciate what you're doing for us. And I don't ever want you to feel like it's not seen, that it's not acknowledged, that it's not visible, that it's not impactful to what we're doing here. Cool, man. How much harder would that guy work for you, that gal work for you? Right? So that's just some things that have been on my mind this, with this weekend about things that you, you should really think about and consider with your people. You don't want your people dreading that Monday. And really the conversation was this, man, I got to go in on Monday and I've got to deal with this person. I got to deal with this conversation. So here's, here's the other segue to this. I'm starting to have some really good conversations with some people that we've met because of the podcast and they've been really impactful to me. And there's been people I've met in the coaching world, not athletic coaching, but the professional business executive, software, IT, executive level coaching, right? And these people get hired to go, and we talked about this in another podcast. These people get hired to go fix X. And we as a company, we get hired. Polaris Solutions get hired a lot to go build X, to go fix X, to go problem solve whatever. And this person that I was talking with in particular runs a very successful business coaching, executive coaching company here in St. Louis. Having a cup of coffee with them, George, we get, fixed, we get hired to go fix X. And they always tell me, whatever you hold up, I'm holding up a phone right now. This is the problem. This needs to be solved. We need help solving this problem. And this person says, George, that's not the problem. It never is. It never is the problem. The problem is the people. It is always a people problem. And if you think about that across the board, in everything that you feel you have a problem with, and now I'm thinking athletically, if I were still coaching college basketball, I would sit back and say, man, we won 10 games or we're 15 or we lost our, like, we got to fix it. We got to fix it. I would start with people. 
How can we connect more? How can we attract more? How can we communicate better? How can we problem solve as a group better? How can I uh, establish a better work ethic? How can I establish more accountability? Like people. How can I solve how so-and-so communicates? How can, I, how can I get my seniors to connect and communicate better with the freshmen? How can I have them be a better example to the freshmen? How can I have them be more accountable in the classroom? How can I communicate? How can I inspire more? How can I inspire my group more? It's a people problem. It's a communication problem. As I'm talking with this person this weekend about having to go into work on a Monday, and I hate it, and I'm not looking forward to my week, and I'm starting to feel anxious about it. She said, because I'm going to have to have this conversation. I'm going to have to go address this person. I'm going to have to see that person. People problem. And as a leader, how, how is your thumb on those problems? What is the pulse? Do you know the pulse of your company, your team, your organization, your clients, all that? When you roll in and say, now we've got to do, it's a people problem with that mindset. Hey, these are people problems. These are communication problems. These are conflict resolution problems. You know what these are? My opinion. They're vision problems and selling the vision. So I w our company do a, do a fair amount of what's called product workshops, product owner workshops. In fact, I'm doing one in a few weeks out of the state, out of the state of Missouri. And one of the first things you do with kind of product ownership, product organization, product whatever, development, is you establish a product vision. And you say, hey, let's establish a vision for what we're building. And you probably should bring your team in and collaborate on this vision. But essentially what you're doing is, hey, this is what we're building. This is why we're building it. This is who it impacts. And you do that with your team. Here's what you also need to be always doing. Selling that vision. And aligning everybody to that vision. What it is. Why we're going here. Why it's important. Who it impacts. What your role is. How we're going to leverage everybody. Success. Like, paint, like, hey, when we're done with this sucker, it's you know, June 1st and we deliver this product. This is what it's going to look like. Not just the product, not a pair of shoes. Man, those shoes are going to look tight. No. I'm going to sit back and say, you know what this product's going to look like? And this is how we're going to look like. And this is how we're going to communicate and collaborate. And I'm going to, as an owner, a product owner, or as a person that's leading the team, I'm going to always be selling the vision for what this sucker looks like. How we communicate. And here's the deal. Any Whenever anybody gets off and is not aligned, when the alignment is off with the vision, you as a leader have to correct everybody or continue to sell or continue to align. So here's the issue that I had in the conversation from this weekend. We're working 60, 65, 70 hours a week. I got a problem with that as a leader. I got a big problem with that as a leader. My people, and I have all these people work, and I got problems with it. People don't want to come in on Monday, and they're stressed and anxious, not looking forward to Monday. No alignment. 
There's no communication. I'm solving those problems. I'll stand there alone and take it. And people may not hear, and maybe I got to pick sides on occasion, but I'm going to make sure everybody knows what's going on. If there's any sort of communication problem with my product, with my team, with my sales team, with me, with me building software, with my athletic team, that's my fault. Sometimes you have to have tough conversations. I would come in and say, hey, why doesn't X know what's going on here? Why are we in silos? Why do some people know things and other people don't know things? And why are some people guessing on what's going on over here without any transparency, without any communication, without any collaboration? We're all in this together to do this by June 1st. And it's going to look like we're building this pair of shoes. It's going to look like this. And I don't care if you know, like we all need to know what everybody's doing at all times. It'll make this better. There's no power plays here. But that all, listen, I know all that happens because you know what people want? Acknowledgement, appreciation, ownership, you know, all that, right? They want to stand up and say, I did X. So, I mean, these are the things you have to think of as a leader. What about the team that just doesn't care? I'm telling you, the high-performing team, you want to, we do workshops on high-performing team, what a high-performing team looks like. If you've made it this far in the podcast and you want us to come in and give a clinic or a workshop or a, a, a talk on what a high-performing team looks like professionally, athletically, or whatever, you need to reach out to me. This is what we do. But what's that? You know, one thing of a high-performing team, they just don't care. They're not sitting there saying, I'm scoring 30 points a game. I'm doing my part. I, I, I wrote this. I did this. I got this person. I, whatever it is, right? I built this. I'm the lead architect. I did. No. People understand their roles. They value their roles. They value the role of other people. And their contribution to the team. And all they care about is this. What's this sucker going to look like June 1st? And how are we going to look? And how can we get better professionally? Because you know what happens after June 1st? Something, somebody's going to want something September 1st. You know what we're going to be better at? We're going to be such a high-performing team, and we're going to get better as we build this product for June 1st that our skill set's going to elevate. And we're going to understand how to connect and collaborate and communicate and raise each other's level of expectation. So when that other sucker comes around and now it's June 2nd, we start building something or start prepping for September 1st release, we're gonna be a lot better. We're gonna be a lot better. Because all we care about is that delivery. What is it with you and your team? It could be basketball, you know what? Our preseason, we've got 13 games. This is what it's gonna look like when we're done on January 3rd. Then we start league, okay? Totally different deal. Now we're in league. Now we're going to be playing this league until February 28th. What's that look like on February 28th? Then we got postseason. What's postseason? I don't care. Get everybody on the same page, valuing each other's role, contribution, and being grateful for them, and communicating and collaborating and understand what that looks like because it's the same thing professionally. So here's what I do. We talked about this in another podcast. 
Like when's your season end? What's your outcomes? What are you trying to get to? What are you trying to deliver? And what is the end of your season? But when the SOW is done, when the time expires, that's good. Whatever that is, you need to take a breath and recalibrate. All right, we're here. I'm not just going to grind my team. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not going to grind my team professionally saying, all right, it's January 1st. We'll get back together on December 31st, talk about where we're at. We're going to break this sucker up into chunks. We're going to take deep breaths, and we're going to have these little retrospectives. You're going to know where we're at. I'm always going to be aligning people to the vision. We're all going to agree with the vision. We're all going to understand the vision. We're all going to understand what this sucker looks like at the end of the quarter. And maybe we break it up by quarters. All right, quarter's done. Let's recalibrate. Did we do well? What didn't we do well? What should we start doing? How am I doing as a leader? Are you guys crystal clear on the vision? You understand how you are plugged into that vision. You understand how you contribute to that vision. Do you understand why you're valuable and important to this vision? When this meeting's over, we go on with our product or our company or our teams or selling cars, whatever it is, I want everybody to understand why they're valuable and important, why they are here and their contribution is value, and I'm grateful for it. So here's the deal. The conversation I had this weekend dealt with, I just don't want to worry. I just, I'm not looking forward to Monday. I'm not looking forward to these conversations. There's too much frustration and arguing and nobody understands really because we don't know the vision. And nobody's aligned to the stinking vision. Nobody's aligned to the vision. It's the Wild West. There's no leadership. And if you are, are you living in that world where your people are doing that, Get your team, recalibrate your team, bring everybody in and say, hey, there's too much gap. We aren't communicating well with one another. Too much frustration. I think all of you are worried about you. I think each and every single one of you is worried about you. And I think we're worried about us. Making sure we support one another. Making sure we grow. And yes, you've got to grow individually, but if you're sitting around just worried about you, then we got problems, I think. Let's really recalibrate and get back to us. And let's really get recalibrate. And I, I like this phrase, and it's nothing new, and I've said it a number of times already. Let's get aligned to the vision. And as a leader, I need to make sure I'm doing everything I can every single day to get everybody aligned with the vision. And I understand maybe that vision changes on occasion. We're always messing with dials. I'm going to make sure that we're always in alignment because somebody's going to get off and not be on that line of alignment. And they're going to start thinking about themselves and, and you know, whatever it might be. And then you got, that's when you've got to round everybody up. Leadership never stops. Communication never stops. Alignment to vision never stops. And having, your, having the pulse of your team being able to survey the landscape and see the broad picture and sit there and say, man, that person's not, not, that person doesn't seem connected. That person's doing an awful lot of work. That person's working 70 hours. Those are the things I geek out on. It's just the subtle things that you can do as a leader that can get everybody realigned, recalibrated, vision set, appreciation. You know what you could do? 
tell that person to take off Tuesday or Thursday at two o'clock, have them just chalk up however you're going to bill it, eat it, whatever it is, right? Everybody's watching. He's going to come back. He or she is going to come back re more focused, more engaged, more appreciative. Listen, here's the phrase. If you're taking notes on any of this, I appreciate you doing it. I review this and end up writing some things down as well. You're building your army every day. And the day that you stop thinking about building your army, you're in trouble. Every single day you're building your army and bringing people in and making them more, like more loyal to the cause and to the vision, willing to die for it, so to speak. Sitting there saying, hey, George, hey, I'll, I'll go build shoes with you. Whatever you need, whenever you need it, however you need it, I'm on board. I don't care how long it takes or what, because I'm on board with you and, and what you're doing. You want that. Well, listen, I know I've kind of been a little bit all over the place, but that, that intersected me hard this weekend. Uh, because it's just too short. Just too short to not listen. It's too short to not have incredible. Let, let me phrase it this way. You have an incredible passion to find your gift. Be passionate about finding your gift. And then find that gift. And you know what? Your gift may bring you 60 hours. If you can find your gift and you can ride it out and you can do 60 hours a week, man, that's the best. That's the best. I, my, my job does, is involved in workshops and coaching and speaking and working with business executives and IT and I get to run a podcast and I get to network and meet people and get to show them the value that our company Polaris Solutions can do for them technically and workshops and aligning their teams. I get to do that and I get up early to do it. I think about it most of the night figure out how I can connect with more people at night at 3.30 in the morning sometimes. I'm like, this is awesome. I love it. I'm a, I, I am aligned with my passions. I am aligned with what I feel my gifts are. And I'm able to provide value to those people, like to our clients, where I get to go give a workshop and talk about teams and alignment and motivation and how to communicate and how to problem solve and how to survey the landscape. And if that's stuff that you want us to come do like, Hey, we're that passionate about it. You need to all reach out to us and let us come in and let us survey the landscape and give a team workshop, a product owner workshop, an agile workshop, a, an Azure workshop, like whatever it is, that's what we do. And it doesn't seem like work. Man, you're working 70 hours a week. Yep. Not really. Not really. I love it. And one of the reasons I love it, because we're supported, we're economy, we appreciate it, we're valued, we understand, we are aligned with the vision. And it happens, my passions, my gifts are also aligned with the vision. And we're humble and we understand our team. We're trying to get everybody else to grow. We're going to deliver whatever is expected of us but it's who we become. So these things, I'm going to finish with this. I really like this. Again, a lot of this stuff is just me regurgitating things I'm learning. 
now we're delivering software and it's due June, June 1st. I would think about this as a leader. The goal. If those are, that's our goal, man. We're going to deliver the software and we're going to have these little sprints and we're going to have, what do they call them? If you're in software development running sprints, what do they call it? Call it a sprint goal. I would say this though, we're going to establish all these little goals and we're going to break them down into, you know, cute little one or two week sprints and we're going to deliver software and all that. I would say this, my focus as a leader is who we become by reaching that goal. Because when that goal's reached and it's June 1st, I would look at my team and I would have just, I would have it just an open, honest conversation with them. And I would sit there and say, man, we really hammered this shit out. We did a great job and it's who we became as a team. I really like how you communicated that. And I like how you two solved that problem. I like how you, and I appreciate the fact that you guys, I know that you two in particular worked 65 hour weeks on occasion. And I like how you guys supported this. And I like how we got in front of this and we need, it's who you become. All these goals and resolutions and all this garbage that you put out in these books like I have right in front of me and what I want to do. And here's the deal with the podcast, the guests that I would like to have on these big names. We're going to have those guests on one day. It's going to be awesome. But it's who we become by getting there. And you know what? The reality, maybe we don't. But I'm going to keep trying to become that person. I wrote in my weekly notes, if you're on LinkedIn and you looked at my weekly notes that I posted this week, at the bottom it says, and I don't have it exact, I don't have it in front of me, but it essentially says who you become. You are chasing the person you want to become. Chase that person. Chase it. Figure out who that person is and chase it. I would also say this, as a leader, close your eyes. As a leader, close your eyes and think of your team. Think about what you want that team to be, what you want them to look like. What, does, what do you want them to sound like? What do you want them to feel like? What's that sound like? You guys know, if you're in athletics, you know what a well, high-performing team looks, feels, and sounds like. You know it. Then start working your way backwards. How can we become that? That's who we're chasing. We're chasing that team. We're chasing that vision. Get everybody aligned with that vision what that looks like and keep grinding it every day. I know what our teams look like. I know that we're all aligned. I know we all have vision. I know how we all feel we intersect that vision. I know all know that we have our passions and our gifts that we're trying to exploit to come in, to be in alignment with that vision. I hope that you'd run that with your teams, aligning with the vision and being passionate about it and supporting one another. The problems that I heard this weekend from a friend of mine were impactful. And those are the things we talk about when we go do our workshops. So I will say this, this would be my sales pitch. Here, here's what it said. Uh, I don't have the notes right in front of me. It's not annoying. Say, I'm talking about sales now. If you're a salesman and you're listening to this, I know we get a bunch of salespeople. This impacted me this week. It is not annoying to ask people for the sale for something that you can give. Because if you in your heart feel you provide value to that person, that organization, that team, that company, that product, it is not annoying to ask. We, me in particular, we, we as a team and a company and all that, but speaking for myself, we can provide value for you. Team workshops, team discussions, talks, 
speaking, being embedded in teams, doing product ownership, doing software development, doing agile coaching at length and uh, uh, you know, daily, weekly, all that scrum, whatever it is, right? I know like you need to reach out to us. You know why? Because we can provide values. You know why? We can get your teams aligned. We can get your team going in the same direction. You want us to come in, give a two-day workshop on team on high-performing teams? You need to call us. If your team is not functioning at the highest level that it possibly can and there is no alignment, you need to call us. And it's not annoying to ask. You know why? Because we can provide value. And that's the train I'm on right now. And if you've followed us this year, you know my word of the year is action. It's ask. You can't be inspired without action. A lot of people get inspired, but you got to start taking action on what you're inspired by. I know that I'm inspired by, if you've listened to this podcast, you know how I get juiced up. And I get excited because I know we can provide value to every single team out there. If you're listening, you are a part of a team and your team needs to be aligned. And it needs to be inspired to take action. And I know we can do it. Listen, I hope you have a great week. I'm really excited about this week. It's Monday. And I'm super excited about this week. There's so many great things that are going to happen this week. And I will say this, and I use the word blessings, miracles, great things, right? At least three great things are going to happen today. At least three. And tomorrow, three more are going to happen. I hope you have your eyes open for those opportunities and that you're prepared to take advantage of those opportunities because they're happening. They've already happened. Listen, it's midday. I got a late start with the podcast today. It's midday and I can already rattle off three or four things that I was excited about happening today and I saw them and they're already my blessings or miracles or opportunity, whatever you want to say. My eyes are open for them. We're open for the clients, for new clients, how we can intersect existing clients, what we can do and provide value for those clients, for people. Like we, I'm just going to tell you one right off the top of my head. We went out last week, me and my, my boss, and we went and had lunch with a friend that, is, that has actually been on the podcast, won't give his name. We went and had lunch. And today, essentially at the exact same time, we sent a message to the person we had lunch with and gave them three or two or three action items on things we can do to help them. Not, not for them to hire us, but things that we can just do for them. Hey, here's something that I think will help your business. Here's a, and here's a connection. You need to reach out to this person. You need to do this. And that we're grateful for that. We're grateful for the opportunity to have somebody we're connected with and be able to, service them, help them, connect them, and do something for them without anything back. And I'm looking at that going, that's awesome. It's not like us patting ourselves on the back or anything like that, but it's sitting around saying, now we were able to help somebody and connect them with somebody that may help their business. They help them professionally. And they, they, that they could then in turn help somebody else, which was one of the connections we made. I, I chalked that up to an amazing opportunity today that our eyes were open to to help somebody. And I'm super grateful for it. And I'm super grateful that we thought about doing that at the same time and essentially hit submit or send or whatever at the same time. It was awesome. It was an amazing, it was actually a great thing. Right? So you got to look for those things every day. Let us know how um, we can help you. Reach out to us on LinkedIn. Um, you know, we got, we got to just get out of our cube. As Jason tells me to be more, uh, you know, more enthusiastic about that, but 
Come on, get out of the cube. You're sitting there right now, listening to that, or you're driving in there right now, or you just left there right now, or you're on your riding lawnmower listening to this on a Saturday, Sunday morning, getting ready to mow your lawn, and you're sitting there going, ah, shit, I got to go back there on Monday. Make decisions. Think about your team. Get everybody aligned. Do what's right by those people. It trickles down. Empower them to have great lives, great work experiences. Uh, and be aligned with the vision of the team, vision with their goals, gifts, and passions. I hope you have a great rest of the week. Get out of your cube and hammer it this week. Take care.